bad boy. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You have tuned in to the flyest sports and entertainment podcast in all the land. This is Stat Lines Matter. I'm your host, as always, Mark E. Stewart, sitting here with my partner in crime, as always, Mr. Rob Hunter Jr. What's happening, everybody? Listen, we first of all, before we get into this, I want to uh, ask you and thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in. And I would like for you to, if you haven't already, go to our YouTube channel, hit subscribe, like, and get the notifications so you know when we're putting things out. And also you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any place where uh, there's um, podcasts are available. And also follow us on our uh, on our social media, which is uh, at StatLinesMatter at Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and uh, I guess that's it. I guess that's all our, our, our stuff. And Instagram. Uh, Instagram. Um, so check in with us there. We have different content that's going in different spaces. Uh, and you can keep up on what's going on with me and Rob in our personal lives as well as our lives reporting on sports and entertainment. So, Mr. Hunter. Yo. Couple quick things that we got to do. We we would be uh, re- be remiss. Shout out to Jason. That was his favorite line. I would be remiss. Um, we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge, if I didn't acknowledge uh, the uh, the union of the official union of Rihanna and uh, ASAP Rocky through their child. They uh, announced the other day that they're pregnant. Uh, I guess that's exciting. Everybody tweeted about it. Everybody. Instagrammed it, you know. I guess it means that we're not getting the Rihanna album. I mean, that it made me remiss because <laughs> I was finna make my move. You know, I was finna make my move. I think a lot of people felt that way. I was, I was like, yo, all right, this is the time. You know what I'm saying? You know, if she say yeah, the wife just gonna have to understand. Hey, I'm gonna tell you, somebody need to check on Drake. And I was gonna, uh, I was gonna, I was about to ask you for the number and everything. I ain't got the number. <laughs> I ain't got the number. Yeah, so they, yeah, so she's they, they having a baby, and she said she planning to have a whole lot more. So, ASAP, you beat me to it, man. Best man won. Hey, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something that on a on a serious tip about uh, Rihanna. I have so much respect for her as a businesswoman. Um, she's done everything on her terms, uh, the way she wants to do it. She's. Uh, a lot of times, you know, people have that order of things. Women have that order of things that they want to do. They they say, okay, I want to get my career. I want to build. I want to grow. She conquered music. She conquered makeup. She conquered fashion or lingerie or whatever. And and now she's settling down and having a family. And that's awesome. I, I take my hat off to yeah, her. Yeah. And I mean, for ASAP to make it back, you know, to the mainland and, and, uh, and, and, and land that. I mean, because he was in trouble, what, two, three years ago. And now... Uh, you talking about that situation in Sweden? Yeah, oh, it's, it's Sweden, and now he, be, he back. That, I don't know if that was trouble. He was detained like twenty seven minutes. It, it was like it was like two weeks. Was it? Was it? Was yeah, it that short? It was like two weeks. He remember he was asking for help. You know? Yeah, get me I out mean, of here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they had him hemmed up, but it got sorted out. Was that? Was that one of those things that Trump? Did Trump fix that for him? I don't. Uh, did he? Y'all, yeah, he was did. that Trump? Was Trump? Trump fix that for him? Well, okay. So I got Trump to blame for me not being able to get at Rihanna. Another thing. I don't yet, know. I don't yet know. Another thing. <laughs> you that Trump. might be a little bit of a stretch. Um, but no, shout out to her. Um, also in the news, um, Tom Brady. Uh, I think we can call him the GOAT, officially call him the GOAT. I don't think there's any argument there, especially if you're judging off the amount of winning that he does. Um, has decided to hang it up. At the age of 44 after, what, 22 seasons? Long time. Uh, that's a long time. But that's a long time in any sport, particularly football, where the average career is, what, three years, three well, and a half years? Yeah, and I, I mean, that and that is that is the average. I believe it's – Or average running. I'm sorry, that back, was always running back. back. Yeah, but, facts. But, but, but it can't be much longer for any other position. I mean, and, and, it, and if it is, it's because of his tenure. <laughs> they got yeah. to put his number in there. It's factored in, because, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, and you know, last week or it was the week before last when he lost, that was only the fourth time in his entire year, in, 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 his, entire, in his entire career that he didn't make it out of the divisional round. Yeah, that's crazy. Only the fourth time? Yeah, like, get your head around that. I, I looked at that stat, and I, and, I, and I was trying to. I'm like, so if he's so if he's a quarterback, you know, he's 18, like he's going to – at least an yeah. AFC championship game. Crazy. And I think that where you're going to really develop an appreciation for what he's accomplished is as the years go on and you start to see Joe Burrow, um, Patrick Mahomes, the kid in uh, that plays for the Chargers. You see this new crop of quarterbacks. And when we start to measure their accomplishments, 
they're going to always pale. They're, all those guys, I'm going to say it right now, all those guys are going to retire nowhere near the stratosphere of where Tom Brady left. So you look at, I was thinking about this, you look at, we lost Drew last year. and I mean, we he's, still losing, he's still here. He's still alive. Yeah, he's with us. <laughs> Drew, Tom, and Sean Payton, you know, I mean, that's a lot of wins. That's a lot of, that's a lot of great. Uh, and oh, don't leave out. Ben, we lost Ben Roethlisberger this year, too, yeah. And we lost Philip Rivers last year, and Eli Manning the year before. So that collective of quarterbacks that happened—I guess what is that? I want to say around. Well, obviously Brady was a little bit before them, and he lasted through them, which is an incredible testimony to him. Uh, the era has changed. It's like it's you know, like you said, losing Peyton. I believe Peyton will coach again. I think he's going to take some time off and go take that Dallas job. I think it's pretty much. Uh, that's that seems like it's set unless unless like the Cowboys figure out how to win the Super Bowl this year yeah. upcoming. I think you can go ahead and put, punch him in Dallas, but it's definitely the end of an era. This guy, if you're like a casual fan and you don't know, Tom Brady is retiring with just about every meaningful uh, passing record. He has the most completions. He has the most attempts. He has the most yards. He has the most touchdown passes. He has the most like wins as a quarterback. He has the most quarter, uh, appearances in a Super Bowl. He has the most Super Bowl wins as a quarterback. It's like everything that you can do as a quarterback, uh, maybe with the exception of maybe um, quarterback rating, he is going to retire as the record holder. And the only thing I could possibly see maybe coming down is yardage only because of how the game is played now. It's like it's more video game style and some of these guys you see just thrown all over the place. But his records in many ways are, are records of longevity um, as well as proficiency because he ended his career like with a 5,000-yard season. It made number one in the league this year. Yeah, so it's not like there was some decline in his play. He's just saying – my body's taking enough. My wife wants me to come home. And I think, if we're being honest, I think Giselle had a lot to do with it. Not in a negative way. I don't. I think it was like there's a point where you got to go, you know, you got to re, you know, you got to plug back into your your family life because the training and the commitment of an athlete is uh, on a whole nother level. But I tip my cap to Tom. What an amazing career. Particularly the way that he does it with the, the dieting. Yeah. And the, um, Avocado ice cream. Like just the fact that you ate that just – Cause that sounds disgusting. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like I don't eat avocado ice cream. It looks like I eat regular chocolate, dairy, and da- dairy, like yeah. full of dairy, full of nuts, and full of marshmallow, Rocky Road, all that. I don't eat no avocado. I should though. Easy with all. Cause that. because here's the thing, that guy looks like he's getting younger. Have, did you see that like little face morphing thing? No. It's a face. Uh, ESPN had it on their IG yesterday. It's a face morphing thing that shows his face from the combine. Kind of fat, jowls, you know, the whole nine. And it morphs all the way to how he looks now. It is literally reverse aging. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and you you look at, you look at, like, he's kind of like LeBron where they take all this pride. He's not really like LeBron. They spend all this money on their He's not like LeBron. I just want to say, just I want to pause you. He wins in in the championship. He's been to the championship 10 times. He's one at seven. That's not like LeBron. But go ahead. I digress. Okay. I mean, he <laughs> anyway, they spent a lot of money on their body. Oh, yeah. And that was yeah, I mean, they're human, they're male. That was the that was the and they spent money on their bodies. <laughs> Shout out to LeBron. LeBron has lost six of the ten times he's been in the finals. I, I'm not I'm No, not, that's just, I, I didn't say that for you to respond. There's no response to that. That's the truth. Um. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> Anyways. Um. So shout out to Tom. Tom, we wish you the best in your future endeavors. But thank you for what you've contributed to the game. And it's fun. It's funny. I say this in closing. I've rooted against Tom a lot. Well, not rooted against. I just didn't care if they won. I don't have any feeling about the Patriots one way or another, but it got to a point where I got tired of seeing them win. But you have to respect his accomplishments, and I I think selfishly, I wish that he would have done one more season to take the victory lap and let everybody, like, you know, really give him the send-off, because we're not... This is like Jordan. 
Like, this is like Jordan leaving the game. Like, you're not going to see another one of these. You might see guys that fill up the stat book, but the winning, the commitment, all of that, you're just not going to see it. And uh, it's rare. Like, and particularly with him taking less money. He was never the highest paid quarterback. A lot like Mike. A lot like that's how Mike was until those last last two years. Yeah, but he never ever banged the cash register like that. Like, no, not, not even then. Yeah, like, he yeah, which is pretty. That's rare. Yeah, for a guy to do. I mean, look at the Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, all these, and they're getting. I'm battling hiccups today, guys. If you, <laughs> but um, but they, but they, uh, but with him not ever demanding that, pretty unique. Yeah, no, nah, it's a. Uh, I think he put he prioritized winning. Like I think, uh, like a lot of the great ones do. And then the business and, and like, I think there's plenty of money for him to make off the field and that he made off the field. And I think he's going to be fine. But it says a lot about him that he didn't press the issue until the end of his career. Let's get into this uh, NFL situation. We had an amazing weekend of games uh, at the time of this taping. We have literally just had uh, the, the most amazing uh, round of championship games. I won't say ever, but I'll say in recent years. Uh, all the games were close and competitive. Um, it was a little bit of a surprise in Cincinnati uh, coming, going into Arrowhead, going into Kansas City and getting a win. And I think it was a bit of a coronation for Joe Burrow. It's hard to call it a coronation because he's won a Heisman. He won a national championship. And a state, uh, a, a state championship. So he's, he's definitely showing himself as a winner. But I don't think that anyone other than, obviously, um, my man on ESPN, Dan Orlovsky, who predicted this, but I think most people saw this ascension happening a little bit slower. Um, what do you? What's your assessment of Burrow, Cincinnati's rise? Like, give me, like, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but give me your sense of it right now, how you feel about it right now. I'm completely as surprised as everybody else. I didn't see uh, this coming, particularly after uh, – you know, the first year, and then you see they, they, they went through some struggles uh, late in the season. But it just goes to show you that you can get hot at the right time. This is the, only their fourth time, I believe, uh, them advancing uh, to the AFC Championship game and now, obviously, to the Super Bowl, I didn't, especially where where they won it. They won it in Arrowhead. Yes. Um, which is – that's a hard place to win in the regular season. So taking on – and then you got, you know, obviously Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl uh, uh, NFL MVP – I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I think um, when you look at Cincinnati's rise, I think they caught – it's like I think what they offer is hope, right? Uh, in a league that tries to promote parity, they offer hope in the in this regard is that if you can get yourself in the, into the tournament, anything could happen because it fell their way. I mean, getting a Las Vegas team that – I don't want to say was happy to be in the playoffs, but really – by all accounts, shouldn't have been the playoffs based on the things that happened during the season and topsy-turvy, the stuff with Gruden and the whole nine, locker room being divided, and somehow they found a way to get in. Then you catch a Tennessee team, which is very, very well coached, but weren't they don't have their best player. Receivers were a little broken. You know, that team hadn't really gelled and still managed to be – I still try to figure out how they managed to still be the number one seed. But they were a number one seed that was just beaten and broken. They didn't have their Derrick Henry. So they caught a team there, and they just kind of stuck. You know, they just kept punching and cutting, and, you know, they got and got the last field goal. And then went in and won the, the, the real game that you had to go win and found a way to pull it off. But I also think they did it with the help of Kansas City. I, don't, I, I didn't rewatch the game yet, and I haven't broken it down statistically, but I felt like just on the eye test – I felt like Kansas City got arrogant. I felt like they got like like they wanted to style point their way into the Super Bowl cuz you could have kept handing the ball off. You had a not I won't say a big lead, but you had a lead. You gave up the balance. Yeah, but that's I don't think 21 to 3 in 2022 is the same lead as it was in 92 or 2002. It's not. That's a lot of points. It's a lot of points, but we know, particularly guys like Jamar Chase, like Burrow, guys like that, they, they can put up big plays, chunk plays, right? So you still got to play football. You can't air. I'm saying to the point I'm making, you can't take the air out of the ball, but you got to, I think you balance, you run, you try to keep them honest. When you get those three and outs because you're trying to make sure that Tyreek gets the ball, you're trying to make sure, you know, everything is going, it's kind of like, 
you played a little bit into their hands. And I think it was a little bit arrogance at the end of the first half, too. Like, like it's five seconds. Take the, the kick the field goal. You lost by three. Don't be cute. You lost by three. You lost by three. Fam. Yeah, 100%. And it, I think it changed how the game was played. It changed. It gave them a boost. It gave oh, them a, 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 a shot in the arm. It, it, I think it was deflating to Kansas City in some ways. Like, it's kind of funny because I sent you a text earlier uh, before the game. It's very complimentary of Andy Reid and uh, the success that he's had between the Eagles and Kansas City because I legitimately thought this game was, before they played it, I, I literally was like, even though they beat them, even though Cincinnati beat them uh, at the end of the season, I was just like, there's no way they're going to lose this game. This is Andy Reid. This is a chance to make adjustments. He's one of the best coaches at that. And then uh, now you got to look at Andy Reid and go, I think maybe on some level he cost his team the game or he has to at least take responsibility because, first of all, it's five seconds left to go in a half. You probably need eight seconds to run a, a whole play. So whatever you did, you had to run a quick hitter and it had to be into the, uh, end into the end zone. And the fact that uh, Mahomes, like, took the – because I don't think the play was designed to go outside. But I think Mahomes had a brain fart, took the check down that was there. The play was probably designed to go to Kelsey, right? Right. I think he was just going through his progression, right? Right. And and he he, just muscle memory. And he lost – this is the progression. Yeah, and that's what makes and that's what makes Tom and Tom so good. Right? Yeah, because he doesn't. He's he not going to do that. He's not, he doesn't make that play. No, he's not. He's not going to make that and play. You, and you made that. You drew that distinction back when uh, during the Super Bowl when Matt Ryan took the sack. Right? Yep. Yes, it's a small thing, and you're not going to blame Matt Ryan for that for the whole game. But Brady don't take the sack there. Right. Right. And and, Bra- and Brady doesn't throw that check down. Exactly. And that that's kind of sometimes the difference between. Going to the Super Bowl ten times and winning seven, you know what I mean? Like it really was a game that he should have got there. But you, but at the same time, you look at this kid Burrow, man, and every advanced advanced stat is pointing to this guy being special. And it, and and it just goes to show you, right? Get the quarterback, get the quarterback right. It'll cover everything else because let's not let's seriously. And I I am a fan of a very terrible organization. Like, I'm talking about organizationally top-down is bad and has been bad my entire life with the exception of a period from 84 to 92 where we were good and one year where we were great. Cincinnati's worse than us as an organization. Mike Brown, I have friends that have played for Cincinnati tell some amazing stories about how that thing works over there. You get the quarterback right and you get him some weapons and it'll cover up a lot of the crap. A lot of the crap. Now they look dangerous. Here's the thing, too. I'm shocked about the defense. Defense made plays, made adjustments, Just and made plays in the second half. Man, and that, again, no one's talking about it a lot. But that pass that Mahomes threw in the overtime period where he pretty much put it right on Tariq Hill. And my man, whose name I don't know, came across. He was a safety, made a break on the ball. And got his hand in and tapped it and broke it up and broke it up to his man. That was the game. It was over. Yeah. yeah. It was just a great defensive play because it wasn't a bad throw. He put it right on him. So you look at you look at the overtime rules, and here was one where it actually worked out. Yeah. Right. I mean, even though even though Mahomes gets the ball first gets the ball first, but Cincinnati comes up with the stop. Yeah. Right. And the Bills couldn't do that. Right. And listen, you you know, the game is the game, the NFL game looks a lot like Madden now right it's very offensive the rules are set for offensive teams to to win and succeed but it still comes down to can your defense get a stop you know what I mean and it's like it's like the NBA it's like everything is offensive analytics but you're going to win the championship based on your ability not to hold someone to the 70s or 80s but can you get a stop when you need it right like defensively can you play good enough defense to get a stop man defense yes NBA can you man up yeah, just because you can't play zone. I mean, you can, but you're gonna get killed. <laughs> you're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, you'll get you know, and, and you can in a regular season game on a couple trips, but you can't sustain zone defense in the, in the NBA. Um, quickly, just talking about the other bracket, the uh, the Rams versus the 49ers. The interesting thing about that game for me was the fact that. It was so many 49er fans that there were times where it was like the the crowd was making noise while the Rams were on offense. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I was just like, that's wild to to be in a NFC championship game and have to contend with that. Um, ultimately, I think it was it's not a it's not a play that you can point to, but I think one of the things that was exposed during this NFC championship games, the NFC and AFC, is quarterback play. And there was one quarterback who didn't belong. And it was Jimmy Garoppolo. And there's been a, a lot of discussion. And I give the 49ers a lot of credit for going to get the guy that they think can lead them to the future. And even I saw, and I, I, this is not substantiated, but I saw it on the, on the crawl on ESPN earlier today that Garoppolo has said that Lynch has been clear that they're moving on from him and he wants to be traded to a good team. And I get it, but Garoppolo is kind of the reason they're not better. He is an average or below average player. He reminds me a lot of Trubisky. They look alike. They wear the same number. And I know that's kind of a lazy comparison, but their limitations will keep a good, a, a great, they'll make a great team good. And he's more limited because he's not as mobile. Facts. So, and he threw 50%. And he's injury prone. Right. And he threw 50% in the NFC championship game. So all of those woes that you know some of the 49ers fans were tab who we've had on the we had on the show and it he was going home, off it came yeah. home to roost it yeah. came, and their defense couldn't lift them past it because in the in the game before they had special teams blocks the special teams yeah, punts, like yeah. picks you know like all kinds of stuff that that you use and if you go back not to always make everything about my bears but you go back to 2018 when the bears were making a run where we were 13 and 3 or 12 and 4 whatever our record was that year the defense was doing those sorts of things and putting Trubisky in short field situations. And man, it was like people confuse that with a guy making plays. And you see it now. You saw it in this week's games. Real quarterback play. Matt Stafford is shutting a lot of people, shutting me up. I got on, I've been on my platform here uh, talking stuff about Staff and whether or not he could, you know, exercise those demons. He made some throws. He's been making throws all season. If we're being honest, he's been making plays all year. And he's like, I was making those throws in Detroit. Y'all just, y'all just didn't see it. I mean, he left Detroit. OBJ left Cleveland. Yeah. Lives got better. Yeah, I mean, listen, you can't argue. I'm a results guy. You can't argue with the results. I think the thing about uh, Odell Beckham Jr. that I'm just not buying. Like, there's a lot of people that, that you and I know that, particularly in the – in the barbershop part of the conversation about, see, I told you it wasn't him. I told you. Listen, there are certain guys, because I remember people used to say that about Dez. People said it about AB. There's a certain personality type that plays wide receiver that is just disruptive to your team culture. And Odell Beckham Jr., I'm sorry, he is one of those guys. It doesn't mean he can't play because everyone takes the decision for a team to move on from a guy like that as an indication of someone going, he can't play anymore. I don't think anybody said that Odell Beckham couldn't play. It's can he produce within the culture that you're trying to create on your team? And if culture is more important, which it is in football, teams decide to move on from certain type of players. And then there's people who go, I told you he could play. I told you he could play. Nobody ever said he couldn't run. Nobody ever said he couldn't catch. And I guarantee you this, he is not a long-term solution. There's very few examples of guys who, particularly wide receivers, who are disruptive in the in the locker room, disruptive to the team culture, that sustain and get to a new place and go, I'm going to straighten up and fly right. Because he didn't even do it. A.B. didn't even do it in New England, which is where everybody goes to get right. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that you know, but OB, he, Odell feels like an L.A. guy. He yeah. feels like, I mean, the way he do his hair, he got the L.A. hairstyle. He got the L.A. watches during the game. I mean, it just feels like, yeah. and it also feels like a city big enough. Yeah. To house a personality like that. Different stars. And, lots of, and, and a yeah. lots, lots of places to hide in L.A. Lots of lots of different places to be. Um, you know, you can be off in the cut. Cleveland, small city. Um, and I just don't necessarily feel like, and there wasn't the leadership structure in place to, to house a guy like that. With L.A., LA you have Sean McVay, who has, you know, fostered a culture there that mm-hmm. has been pretty strong. Yeah. I um, mean, this will obviously be their second trip to the Super Bowl. In five years. And so you got guys coming in like Von Miller, uh, Leonard Floyd, Matthew Stafford, guys coming in just finding, you know, finding prospering. And I yeah. think that Odell Beckham has been a part. But I don't, I don't think he's – I don't think – I'll say this, and I'll, I'll go absolutely on record. I don't think he's a long-term answer. I don't think Odell Beckham is a long-term 
answer anywhere. Well, I think like I think he's a team disruptor. Well, if, he's a well, me guy. If you can, if 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 they could find a way to structure his salary, because he's not going to get paid more than Cooper Cup, I think it could work. And see, that's see, that's the other thing too. Um, and I'll say this in closing because we got to get to the, the real important stuff. I no one talks about the fact that you know when they're talking about this vindicate. I've seen so many things. This is vindicating for him. This is vindicating for him. He his behavior has cost him tens of millions of dollars. He's playing. This is a guy who took the, I think it's a half a million dollar salary that he's playing for this year, took it in Bitcoin. Bitcoin is plummeting. It's plummeting. It's actually rebounding a little bit the last couple of days, but even the value of what he got is worth, I think he's playing for like $27,000 right about now (laughs) based on taking his stuff in Bitcoin. So, it's like, listen, they may re-sign him. They may not. They may have, I think on a larger scale, because I always look at things from the agent's point of view because I represent talent, is what is the market for him moving forward? And no matter what, he's on a prove-it deal next year again, and he shouldn't be. He's still in his 20s. Yes. He should not be on a prove-it deal. Still in his prime. Uh, That's the issue yeah. that I have. And he only has – people can sit back and go blame Baker Mayfield, blame the Giants. He's the reason he's on a prove-it deal. But particularly with the Giants where he led the league in targets, you know. Yes. And, and was saying that he wasn't getting the ball enough. Yeah. Um, I think that, that to, to me, that and when he, when he did the, uh, the interview with um, Justina uh, Anderson yeah. and, and Little Wayne talking about, you know, Eli Manning and there's some more things that we could be doing – like you can't say that when you're leading the league in targets. Yeah, that's just come it, on. It didn't make sense. And then when he went to Cleveland, obviously, you know, you saw. I mean, but again, it, most people, particularly minorities in Cleveland, don't prosper. Don't prosper. So I will give him. What do you mean? What does that mean? Well, you look at like I minorities mean, in Cleveland. Look, Jim Brown left. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, but he like prospered. Folk, yes, he left to go do movies. Like he. Yeah, left, but that what does that have to do with there? Cleveland? Cleveland, hey, Cleveland is not a Cleveland place. is not a great place. Exactly. Where but, minorities can prosper. No, I, that's the part I disagree with. I don't know what minorities have to hey, do with hey, it. Hey, Cle- hey, hey, look Cleveland's at, not great. Look at Bone Thugs Period. and Harmony. Bone Thugs and Harmony hey, hey, didn't do what they were supposed to do. They prospered. They had to leave. They had to go to L.A. Everybody got to leave. I left Chicago. So I'm saying OBJ had to leave. No, no he, he had to leave. Have, you, you didn't have to leave Chicago. I did have to leave Chicago. <laughs> had to, Oprah went to Chicago and prospered. I mean, yeah, yeah she, Oprah did. That's like the rare exception. Everybody else got to leave. Michael Jordan went there and prospered. Michael Jordan got drafted there and prospered. <laughs> Derrick Rose didn't have to leave. I mean, he left. <laughs> he, he gone. He, he got his, you know, look, you got Sometimes you got to leave where you're from. I, I, I will. Hey. You're going to have to, in our own personal time, you're going to have to explain to me the connection between minority failing failing and Cleveland. Like, hey, hey, Cleveland, Cleveland's a tough place for black folk to be. Cleveland's a tough place for anybody. That's why you got to get the hell out of The white home. folks in Cleveland need to leave Cleveland. Hey, Baker might need to do. Listen, Cleveland has its struggles. Proud city. Like, 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 like my man uh, Joe Kim Nova said, like, I don't see anything special about Cleveland. No one's. I don't hear anybody say they want to go vacation in Cleveland. It's all true. That's why LeBron had to leave. LeBron had to leave. Anyway, before, <laughs> before I just want to point one thing out real quick. And and you you sort of when you said LeBron, you made me think of this. Andy Reid has been to the championship game in either conference eight times. He's lost five of them. At some point, you have to wear that, and it's and, I, and in my mind, I go, "That's some little, that's some LeBron James shit," like where you get there, but you just don't have the numbers to support whatever the next level is, wherever they're measuring the greatness at the next level of winning. When you're losing more in those big situations, you got to wear that too. He reminded when I heard that stat, I immediately thought of LeBron. Um, listen, let's talk about. And we sort of waited to talk about this, but this is the thing that's really happening today that's a little bit more on a serious note. Um, this Brian Flores situation, uh, if you don't know, um, Brian Flores, a former coach of the Miami Dolphins, uh, a product of Bill Belichick, uh, New England Patriots, is suing the NFL, all 32 teams, named three teams, Specifically in the suit, Denver, 
New York Giants and I guess the Miami Dolphins for racial discrimination and then Jane Doe'd the other, what, 2019? The rest of them. The rest of them. Um, and has been making the rounds on television explaining his lawsuit. Um, there's a lot to unpack. The things that he is accusing the Giants, the Denver Broncos, uh, first and foremost, is basically making the Rooney Rule a, Rooney Rule a sham, which we have talked about. Um, we, like two episodes ago, talked about, and I know the, judge, the, the Joe Judge thing has been particularly stuck in your craw. For me, yes. And we talked, I think we said, you know, it's the ever-changing, you know, the moving goalpost. And I think this is what this uh, particular lawsuit is about, is why did Brian Flores lose his job? Why did he not get another one? And I think it's ripping the Band-Aid off of a lot of things that black people have felt, those of us who are, are in the, the the trenches, like not as a in the game, but like looking and studying the game. What's your take? Because um, I know you have very strong feelings about it, and I'm going to let you, I'm going to sit back and let you really get into how you feel about Brian's lawsuit and the way black coaches are looked at. I'm going to let you have your thing. Go ahead and, 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 and let the people know. Tell the people how you feel. Tell the people. Speak to the babies. <laughs> well, if you guys don't know, so Brian Flores was supposed to interview for the Giants job and uh, received a text from Bill Belichick. The text said was congr- congratulating uh, Brian Flores on getting the job. He had not interviewed yet. He was three days away from interviewing. So that caused him to go, you got the right guy? I've in, and so he, you know, Bill Belichick was like, yeah, I've been hearing from the Bills that, you know, you Bills and the Giants got basically let me know that you got the job. Well, it was actually meant for Brian uh, DeBall. The right. offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Who, now the head coach of the, the Giants. Coach, and, he, and he was three days away, he being Brian Flores, from interviewing. So... This was, I believe, obviously the, the the straw that broke the camel's back for Brian Flores. Um, this is a guy who last year went ten to six with Fitzpatrick and Tua. Right now, two years ago, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, and the defense wasn't a problem in Miami. Right. Um, now, from what we understand, is that he's been him and Stephen Ross have had an icy relationship ever since. If you guys aren't aware, there was a there was he he wanted. Brian Flores to recruit uh, Tom Brady, well, allegedly recruit Tom Brady to uh, the Miami Dolphins. And they had a meeting set up on a yacht, um, which the unnamed quarterback was just supposed to happen to pull his yacht up. And Brian, Brian, Brian Flores left once he figured out what was going on. And from then on out. Because uh, it, was it was tampering because uh, he was still under contract. Correct. And so he left. And for, for, so from that moment, him and Stephen Ross have basically been on at, at a, odds. At odds. Um, the, the, the lawsuit is I'm a little bit conflicted on because he's risking everything. He, he's going to Kurt Flood route for, you know, and if you don't, you guys don't know who Kurt Flood is, Kurt Flood, Kurt Flood is basically the father of free agency. He was a base, he was a baseball player for the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals who fought for free agency as we know it today. Um, and it cost him his career. And Brian Flores is, is essentially going, going about the same route. Um, and so I'm conflicted in that regard, meaning that this, this, this dude may not coach, coach again because he's going to be looked at as, you know, litigious. Yes. Um, and I think that for me, of course, I want we all have identified properly identified that there's been racial dis- disparity, discrimination going on in hirings of defensive coordinator of coordinators, period, in the NFL and I, and obviously head coaches. So for me, yes, there's a there's a there's a I'm I'm afraid for him. I'm rooting for him. But I what I don't want to happen is this somehow go away somehow this gets resolved from a, a, a you know a, a settlement standpoint and 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 i don't want the, the nfl is a, is a big bad machine and i feel it's it's just it's just a it's a it's a bravery that i don't know that i could have that i that i could have shown in this moment oh no i can i can say just to 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 use this as a point of reset I can say definitively I would not have, I would not have done this. And he, um he's 40 years old. 
I think he has a young family. Um, he's still a young man. He has lots of earning ahead of him. And I don't think he'll never coach again. I think it'll be very difficult for him to be a head coach at the highest level. Um, maybe coordinator jobs, maybe jobs in college, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I think, and I said the same thing when, uh, when Kaepernick took his stand. I said, yeah. I said then, I said he'll never play again. He'll never get another but why job. Why do you feel like he'll coach again? And why do you feel, why do you feel like Kaepernick would never play again? Um, for a couple of reasons. I said this then and I'll say this now. The NFL, if they feel like you can help them, they'll make a way. Like, Joe Mixon is about to go to the Super Bowl. Somebody will bring up the fact that he punched a white girl in college. But for the most part, it'll be forgotten. Um, There's guys all throughout the league that have done terrible things. If you can run fast, didn't Tyreek Hill break his girlfriend's son's arm or something like that? It was his son. Or his son. Their son. Their son. Um, But we only think about his touchdowns. Um, That's the NFL. I said then that Colin Kaepernick, because he wasn't coming off a great season, wasn't playing well, and he seemed to be a system player that needed all those things in place, the offensive coordinator and all that kind of stuff. Not – dissimilar from Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, which is why they're, not to get off on that, but why they're sort of debating what his value is in a contract because it is system-based. Um, he didn't have those things going for him at that point. He was, there was no value for him around the league unless you were willing to bring the coaching staff that was going to like make that system. So it was easy to kind of discard him. And there were things about him that even like issues with his teammates that if you were paying attention, like he wasn't like super well liked. I think this is very, very different. Um, Like I saw Brian Flores on TV this morning. Very credible. Uh, A guy who speaks a lot about integrity. Uh, That, that sort of thing matters to him. Truth matters to him. Really serious man, insightful man, I think those are the type of things that'll have a maybe a college program go that's looking to get a rebuild, that's looking to create something, go, we want that guy to lead us. And they'll deal with the heat that comes along with accusing the NFL of racism. Now, here's the reality. He ain't the first one to accuse the NFL of racism. We do it all the time. But he's the first one to go on record. But he's the first one to go on record with a lawsuit. Now, here's the other thing. This never gets to court. Nothing with the NFL ever gets to court. You know why? They don't like depositions. Because depositions, truth come out. Depositions, uh, 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 exhibits come in, hey, you, emails come in, text messages hey, come Roger in. Roger Goodell is on the phone right now, working out a couple of black head coaching hires. Oh, of course, that's the that's the <laughs> that's the quick answer. And I think you got any black ones coming in today? Yeah, no, like, and I think here's here's what I think we can fast forward to what the solutions will look like because this is where we'll end up. Jay Z, I'm anticipating, will have a seat at the table and a voice in what is a new rule and a new um, sort of mechanism to rigorously uh, 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 recruit. And he owns a 33rd team. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't know how, how Jay going to parlay it for himself. And Brian going to be a coach. <laughs> but Jay, what Jay will do is be a part, and they need this. They got to have somebody who has credibility in our community that just sort of tamps the – it's been the window dressing the entire time. And yeah. racism. And and all, yeah. all of these things that we've been seeing going on, you know, uh on the back of the helmets. Yeah. But but the hirings and the practice have remained the same. Now the the X factor is, you know, if Brian Flores goes, look, there's no settlement that you can give me. Like, but there was a settlement that they gave Colin Kaepernick quietly. Nice. He got his I mean, he got his money. Yeah. But he also lost his platform. Um, whatever he's doing, I ain't heard about it. I mean, I'm sure he's fighting well, racial injustice, yeah. but I'm not plugged in. Yeah, and you know, you know, the Giants released released a statement basically saying we're happy and satisfied with the process that resulted in our yeah. coach. And I was like, you mean is that the same process that got you, Joe Judge? Yeah, and the fact that I think what they're doing, I think what was telling in that statement is that because they they're basically saying we interviewed other minority coaches, so we satisfied. That Rooney they interviewed rule. him. Yeah, but the, the the allegedly the decision had already been made before they did. So right. they're saying even without that, we had a couple other minority candidates that we interviewed. I think it's going to be hard for him to prove that it's race based, though. Like to prove it. 
Of course, but that's the abstract nature of racism. I think what's what they're going this is where it's dangerous for the NFL, right? Is that if it goes to court and if Brian Flores is like, look, I'm willing to blow myself up to make this happen. We know what happens when you start to pull people's text messages, their emails. You see it with the Gruden case, um, in the Washington case. There's things that came out of that, that the NFL, I mean, the Adam Schefter, how did Adam Schefter skate through all of that stuff? With what I miss? He, I guess, and I, Shefty, I didn't do Don't tell me Shefty. No, what Shefty was doing was running his stories by the people in the Redskins. I think it was in the Redskins organization, running his the stories commanders. before, yeah, the commanders now, running his stories through to make sure they were cool and to give them a chance to yay or nay them. Which is goes against everything journalistic. Yeah, that ain't supposed to. That ain't supposed to. You supposed to bring the hot takes and the hot. Yeah, takes. well, but Chef Schefter is such an insider that it's way more important for him to have information first, break the stories, and so you you start to get compromised. Like he's bogus, but he sort of slipped through the NFL. And you said it best when we started the segment. They're a big, dangerous, bad ass dude on the block, and they're going to find a way to get through this. But it'll be a lot of window dressing. I, I very much anticipate Jay being involved. I think they're going to come out with a new uh, a new process, a new revised Rooney rule. They're going to give a whole – watch watch what I'm saying is true. I'm saying this on this date, the early, early February. Bring Kaepernick back. They're not going to bring Cap back, but there'll be, a, there'll be a, a huge amount of influx of cash into the football programs and HBCUs. There's going to be a lot of things that address because it was well. We got to get the coaching ranks into hirings that take place in the next couple of days. Whoever they whoever they are, whether it be Leftwich, they're gonna they owe that. They're gonna owe that to Brian Flores. Yeah, and and listen, I don't on know a, on a de facto. I don't know. I don't know if we're too far to turn around in these last few jobs because I think, bro, if they give Josh McCown that Houston job with zero coaching experience, and, and that was one of the things that I had on my notes to speak about is that they're literally interviewing. He's the favorite. A guy who has no coaching experience. So okay, so let's address that. I have to address um, Tell the people. our white listenership because I I'm on a, I'm part of a lot of message boards, and one of the things that I routinely hear from uh, white fans is that you know why don't they have the right to hire the best guy? They it's their team. They should be able to hire who they want to hire, and. I'm not doing, we're not doing our jobs if we don't address that because we can offer a different perspective. Because um, I know if you're not thinking about it, like that seems reasonable. Like if you're not really looking at it from the other side, that seems reasonable to think that, hey, they should be able to hire who they want. Here's the problem. Everybody doesn't have equal access. It's a lot of nepotism in college coaching. If your name was Schottenheimer, you got to look. If your name was Shanahan, you were the son of Mike. You got to look. If you were a Shula, you got. If you were a Shula, you got. If your name ended in Naval. Yeah. If you were Shula, you got jobs. Like I don't know if of if Don Shula may he rest in peace. I don't know if either one of his sons, Mike or David, were really good coaching candidates. But you they ask both that got Alabama fan. They probably tell you no. Yeah, and I mean David coached the Bengals. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, there's a lot of nepotism. You know, I know Charlie Weiss's son kind of grew up. And, it, like, here's the thing, though. These guys are – they're coaches' kids. I mean, they're growing up in the locker room the way I grew up in a recording studio. So I'm not saying that they don't have the right to be there or get the opportunity. But there's other kids who grew up with their dads, too, that are close to the game and around the game that don't have the same opportunity. A lot of these guys are getting there strictly off of nepotism, strictly off of uh, who knows who in the whole nine. So you look at, you look at, I, I was thinking about this, right? Because play, players in particular have taken up this, have, have taken up this mantle the, the whole time, P particularly position coaches from your Nortons to you name it. And f there seems to be this, not a narrative, but you notice that you look at judges you can't be a judge unless you practice law, <laughs> right? You can't you can't be a doctor unless you've been in the field. You know you can't do you can't do surgery, but coaching, particularly in the NFL, like 
they allow you to start off in the film room. They allow you to start off in the most ancillary position and then work work your way up. Whereas a player who's actually been in the, been on the field has had to actually, you know, be in these situations, be in these big games, knows how. Particularly, you know, middle middle linebackers and other quarterbacks who have had to lead teams, lead you know, lead uh, lead a side of the field. They don't have these same opportunities. And to me, it spe- it does speak to race. It does because you, you look at the NBA. The NBA does; they do have a few guys who, you know, your Mike Fratellos who who never played. But if you look at on the whole, a lot of those guys have played. Your Byron Scotts, your Nate mm-hmm. Millens, they're way they're way more progressive in looking inward to the to the workforce, the guys that actually play to actually to hire those guys, and they've had success. And I and I just the NF the NFL doesn't work like that. I would I would push back on on this one fine point that you're making. I don't think that all the time, and obviously there's no absolutes, I don't think all the time former players necessarily make great coaches. There they is, don't, but there you is would, a, there's you would a think that they would at least have a leg up on the guy who's starting out in the film. But, the let, film, but, but let me say this. Like the Josh McDaniels. Let, let, me, let me bring it around to where you are. I think there is a through line to coaching f- from the standpoint of guys who actually watch the game more. So I think you see a lot of backup quarterbacks end up being good coaches. A lot of guys that weren't, but yeah, the guys that weren't great players that had to really sort of break the game down. But where I think the real opportunity is missed is I think ex-players know players. I think there should be way more players looked at for front office GM, assistant GM, those type of jobs. Because players, ballers know ballers. And they know the game. And but, But sometimes the teaching, the leadership, like there's other elements that go into I agree. Magic had a tough time. Exactly. There's other elements. That's all I'm saying. I'm not even disagreeing with you. I'm saying there's other factors that go into whether or not somebody could be a coach. But if you're in player evaluation, I don't think there's anybody to to evaluate a player better than a baller. So so you go you look at like they're saying that they're happy with, you know, the the Giants and and they they hired the guy who they said they felt was most qualified. He's a coordinator. Brian Flores has been a job for three years. I've been a head coach yeah. for three years. And successful. And it's successful. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, you look at that and you go, qualified. Okay? Yeah. I mean, was Joe Judge more qualified than Bill yeah. enemy? Oh, listen, we're going to – the the whole qualified thing is a joke. What it comes down to is that I think there's a sense amongst fans, and I think that we're naive if we don't think this plays a factor with GMs and, and people who make decisions, that they want to put people – in these jobs, there's a sense that there's natural competency that shows up with being white and that there's a natural, uh, in, I don't want to say incompetency, but something that has to be overcome when you're black. When it's really like, nah, if you level everything out, traits are traits. Whether you're black or white, you either have the traits to coach or you don't. Coaches are coaches. Like There's some people who just have that thing. I don't think they're disproportionate. How can the game be 70-30 on the field and then be that disproportionate at everything that happens above it? I mean, do you think that Brian DeBall can do what Deion's doing down in JSU? Do you do you think that – Could he turn Jones, that – could he – like, yeah. and, and, and you're talking about with Neil and everything, you're talking about NIL and everything, or – With the coaching record. I think that Brian DeBall or any NFL, anybody who's worked their way into those situations can go and in the right situation – find their way to things to success. What the real issue is, is who has access to those opportunities. Like that's what it really comes down to, because I'm not of the belief that you got to be a white guy to be able to lead men and to be able to teach football. You don't have to be like, that's the thing that we got to work past. And you have to like anything that's off, you got to correct. So miss me with the affirmative action tweets Miss me with all of that stuff. Things that are messed up have to be fixed. They have to be compensated back the other way. If you're fat, you got to eat a lot less calories to get skinny. You don't get to keep doing the same thing and lose weight. That's what this is. It's messed up. It's fractured. It's beat up. It needs to be fixed. I think I I, I, I can't even add to that. I mean, look. This I mean, is ongoing. It's a bombshell because there was other things that came out. Because here's the other thing that came out, right? Is that Stephen Ross allegedly asked Brian Flores to drop games to increase. 100K per game. 
increase the probability of getting the number Joe one Burrow. pick or top picks or whatever. Happen to be Joe Burrow, yeah. Yeah. And man, he might have should have did that. He might have should have. Hey, they lost like, them, oh, but so they, 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 they lost eleven games. They bro. did lose, but they were winning because they, they, they beat they beat New England at I'm the end saying, of the season. Did, he, did they give him the one point one? Hey, but listen, they lost eleven they, games. Hey, Brian, he, did you get your bread? Hey, but he should have lost a couple. He might. He might still be coaching. He might, hey, hey, he got three years. He, well, he got two additional years. Hey, okay. Aside, hey, that hey, aside, hey, that hey, aside, hey, that's where your integrity got you messed up. You get being real with you, folks. I mean, you had your first year. You can win. You could have went zero sixteen. You probably could have went back. Yeah, but they they played. I remember. You I remember too watching much them. Integrity. That's a cut. I made some. I made some. I made some money with with the Dolphins, uh, playing hard. But it goes to the point though, and it, and I I'm happy. I love the way he explained it on ESPN. He said, "Look, you know, it was a no. It was a no. No way. No possible." He's like, "Anytime I step on the field, I'm trying to win." And I think athletes are the same way. Like, I don't think there's no player. That's going, hey, like like a fan would be like, go ahead and lose. Because your pride's on the line. Your workout, like your off-season workouts, the the surgeries you take, the pain-killing shots you take, that's your career. That's your life. You're not going to go out there and try to lose or not give your best when those things. And just what you put on film is how you, you get paid. And, and then and once you get in the heat of the battle, yeah, you, you talking noise. You know, like, yeah. hey, look at here. You ain't even whoop my ass. Yeah. Like, that like takes over. No, that absolutely takes over. It's like if we went out and played one on one right now, something takes over in terms of you trying to win. Yeah. Like, and so I don't believe that anybody was trying to dump games. And I love the way Brian, Brian Flores answered that, but it ended up putting them at odds, at more at odds, uh, you know, in that relationship. Hey, and he I got blown out. $100,000 a game is not a lot. Not for Steven Ross. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah. hey, bro, you got, you got. <laughs> Come on, two fifty at least. <laughs> but you're not saying that you're just going. Um. So I I think there's a lot here. I don't think this is the end of it. I think there's uh, I, and I don't know the young woman's name, but I saw her tweet from the Cleveland organization that a similar thing was happening in Cleveland where. And she added, she added the Browns, she added Hugh Jackson, she added, she named Dee Podesta. I think Dee Podesta added the names of people who, and she said she got receipts of trying to dump games. And then Hugh subtweeted it like, yeah, like, yeah, I stand by, I, st- I said what I said. So I think, because here's the other thing well, that's real. join the class action. Well, here's the thing that I think, when it comes to that, like, you know, quote unquote, losing games and the owners and the owners uh, saying that is that at a time when the NFL is embracing sports betting, you don't want a conversation going on about throwing games and tanking games like that's all bad. And I don't know if I'm the first person to like look at it from this perspective but when we start to dig underneath this, that if you got two organizations that from the top down were sending some messaging. Now, these this is alleged because this is a bombshell thing. So I'm going to stick with the alleged part for right now. But if there's any truth to that, this is all bad. That's why I'm saying this is going to get capped you know, off. The guys get up losing their whole team. Yes. This could go uh, the way of uh, the Clippers. Donald Sterling. This gets – this is going to get capped off. But – Look for I, – I would – just in closing, I would say it'd probably be good to be an HBCU right about now because I think there's going to be some checks. I, I believe that the beneficiary of all this will be some HBCUs getting some checks from the NFL. Deion getting the first one. Deion getting the first one. Tennessee State getting one. Grambling State getting one uh, to to build the, the minority coaching infrastructure and things like – I think even with the um, – the black college, the HBCU combines that are going on right now. They're going to, you're going to see them invest in things that are specifically black. That's going to be on the NFL network. Exactly. Real talk. Like you're going to see things start to step up because it's too much money at stake. Uh, The NFL is a monster. They're, 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 uh, they're a super yacht just going through the sea and nothing's going to stop them. But this could be a lot of bad publicity with, some uh, sponsors and stuff like that. So I look for them to get a handle on this and they just better hope they go sit down with Brian Flores real quick and just go, Hey man, you 
Just, hey. just, just don't talk so much. Hey, hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Hey. How much can we give you to, to just stop talking? Come on in here. It's nice and warm. It's nice and warm. Whiskey. Whiskey. All you want. <laughs> All you want. It's terrible. Do you think about Trading Places, how racist that was? I mean, that movie was hella racist. It was, but I'm just going to be if I'm the Dukes and I'm somebody walking out of jail, I would think Whiskey may tempt them to get inside my limo. You couldn't tempt me at any point I mean, in my life with whiskey. But it's, but it's a, it's a, it's a convicted felon coming down. The Are street. they more predisposed to enjoying whiskey? Like, why not give you, him some money? I mean, you've been making. Why not give him something to eat? Because that's. I'm just trying to get you inside. So maybe, with whiskey maybe, and I mean, cigars, you, you could probably use a drink. Didn't he? What, didn't he grab all? Why did he grab all the cigars? Like he grabbed it like he thought they would, like the Duke's brothers thought they would. But what? Are convicted felons more likely to smoke cigars? I smoke cigar. I just started smoking cigars, so I got some money. Felon, he was homeless. Then what does he need with a cigar? You need, you know how many things I have you, to smoke cigars? You just want things. Lighters and ashtrays and humidors. And he don't have no place to live. What's he grabbing the cigars for? Well, hey, I mean, it's just, it, it was a peace offering to start the conversation. You just coming out. Maybe the whiskey. Have a whiskey and a drink. I think he should have got some gift cards to some of the local they restaurants. They had gift cards back then. They didn't have no gift cards? Not back then. Gift certificates. They had those. Yeah. Like little tear out things to go to McDonald's. Hey, I'd have got some McDonald's gifts to you. Oh, you, you want. want? Like, yeah, you can sit there and just get passed out drunk messing with the Dukes. And that's why he was like, man, what y'all trying to do something to me? Anyways. What's my next move, man? <laughs> Anyways, one of the greatest holiday movies, by the way. Definitely a holiday Did you watch that over the holidays? No, I did not. I, did, I didn't either. And I meant to. Next holiday, next Christmas. I've watched it throughout the year, though. That's true. That's, it was racist, though. Oh yeah, you, there was things in the early '80s that we accepted that you couldn't do today. You couldn't make trading places today. No, no, you couldn't. Even you get canceled. That, that that would get canceled in pre-production. Like the world would hear about that in pre-production on IMDb, and they'd be like, "Nah, we're not doing that." Anyways, listen, this is a good place to break. Um, we have not heard the last of this. In fact. Um, when we were talking about uh, where to reach us and where to connect, the one thing that I neglected to mention, which is probably the most important of all of them, go to fan base, sign up for a fan base and follow me, follow Rob at fan base because over there we will be hosting live discussions all the time on various subjects. This is one of the ones we're going to be talking about over the next several days. So come, if you want to interact with us about this Brian, Brian Flores discussion or anything that we've talked about today or anything that we put as a subject matter, come in and engage with us. This is your opportunity. And actually, the way we're handling our rooms is that we really want to hear from you. We listen to each other talk all the time. We want you guys to come in and share your views and thoughts with us and maybe even get some stuff into the show that we uh, that we hear there and we'll shout you out and do the whole nine. But go to the Fanbase app. It's a new uh, social media app that's really, really dope. It allows us to uh, create and monetize from our content. And one of the things that I don't know if people realize that if you're in our room, and I've done this, if you're in our room and we're talking and you say something that's bomb, I can tip you for coming with a dope, like a dope comment. And I will tip you. Uh, and, and, and send money your way. So we have the ability, just based on, they call them loves, but like just send you love in a in a financial way. So just you being there talking and, and like making a bomb ass point will allow us to like exchange money with you. So it's an opportunity for your content, your points of view and all that to make you some money. You know, listen, if it's five bucks, you know, maybe we could buy your coffee for tomorrow at Starbucks, but it's more than what you was going to get you know, over at some of the other places where they do this sort of thing. So, um, you know, no no shade to the other places, but we're definitely making a commitment to fan base. So if you get a chance, go sign up for fan base, become a fan at fan base, become a subscriber there, and then check into us and subscribe to the, the content that we're putting over there. Download, um, it. download it. So this episode, as all our episodes, will be available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify for audio and YouTube for video, and you can reach us on all our social media platforms, like we said before. Instagram, fan base, of course, fan base for sure, Twitter, Facebook, uh, all that stuff. So um, listen, this is a, a serious discussion. Please check in the comments uh, and, and engage with us on it. Um, Rob, I know you have a lot 
of strong feelings about this. I think um, I think you shared them amazing. And uh, we're going to talk about this again. This is not going to be the last time we discuss this. Absolutely. We want to we see change. Like even part of what we're doing is to add a voice to the space because even there's too few of us that actually have a space where we can discuss the issues from our perspective. And I think now it's like it's right in the middle of like what we've been feeling for a long time. And a lot of people who sit where we sit have seen this unfairness. And we want to shout out to Brian Flores. It took a lot of courage to do what you did. This may not end up good for you in the short term, but there's going to be a lot of people who benefit from it uh, in the long term. So thank you, bro. So um, on behalf of my partner, my esteemed partner. My hiccup. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Shout out to his hiccups. Um, <laughs> you did great. I don't even know how that happens, like like medically, but you did a great job of fighting through that, too. So <laughs> I appreciate you fighting through your hiccups, but we, we, we needed to get this out. So on behalf of my partner, Rob Hunter Jr., I'm Marquis Stewart. This is Stat Lines Matter. Bad boy. I ain't come for games. Say it to my face. Say it to my. Say it to my face. I ain't come for games. Say it to my face. Say it to my. Say it to my face.